Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Butch Hobson, manager for the Chicago Dogs and former Major League ball player. And here comes Butch Hobson. And if you thought you saw fireworks last night with Mike Jarbo behind the plate when Brennan Metzger put the garbage can at home, wait till Butch Hobson gets done here. Carlos Zambrano, Chicago Dogs pitcher and former Chicago Cubs All-Star. Three and two with two outs. Here's a pitch. Swing and a miss! It's Butch Hobson and Carlos Zambrano with Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run. It is indeed. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. It's Matt Spiegel with you here on a Sunday morning. It's Hit and Run, talking baseball of all kinds, all flavors, and very nice to be broadcasting live here from Impact Field out on the concourse and thrilled to have Carlos Zambrano and Butch Hobson next to me. Good morning, man. How are you? I am great. Butch has been in baseball a long, long time, and you are still in baseball enjoying yourself. And, Carlos, I don't know how you're just 37. I don't know how. I think you must have been, like, 11 when you started in the big leagues. <laughs> Pretty close, right? Good morning. First of all, good morning. Good morning. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm not 37. I'm 38. Oh, so. okay. See? <laughs> that blows the entire logic of everything. Now, still, but you were, you were 20 when you got your first yes. taste in the big yes, leagues? 20. I was 20, yeah. So, and, and, you know, we heard the highlight there, Carlos, of the no-hitter and Len Casper going crazy, as you know, hit the Astros up in Milwaukee, the weirdness of playing that game up there. But in terms of uh, the, the stuff that I think about right away, I think about you in 2003 with that Cubs team, with Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor and everybody, and you're 22 years old, part of that rotation, right? Yes, uh, you know, it was pretty special uh, to be part of a, a very good uh, ball club. And, uh, you know, along with uh, Woody and Pryor, uh, Matt Clement, you know, we had a outstanding uh, rotation. And, uh, you know, just, just a bless. Yeah, it, it felt special just watching from the outside. And Butch, how old are you in '76 when you come up with the Red Sox and are asked to take the place of Rico Petroselli, who's a straight-up legend in that franchise? How old are you when you get foisted into that situation? Uh huh. Twenty-five. I'm 67, so if my if my addition's right. That's how old I was. Wow. So, and and that was that was a pretty interesting time to come up to a really good team. Yes. Uh, it's 1975, a title team, and Butch comes up. Don, Don Zimmer loved you, man. I think Zim, Zim just he wanted you out there. He just what, what was it? Was it was it the toughness? Was it the the football mentality? What did Don Zimmer love about you? Well, I think that that is a big part of it. Um, Don Zimmer was a tough ball player, uh, one of my favorite people to ever play for. I loved him, and uh, uh, 
he wanted to make sure that I even even the '78 season when I had uh, my elbow problems. Yeah, you know, he stuck with me and said, "I want you in the lineup." And uh, he's a great baseball guy. I really enjoyed playing for him. You, uh, Carlos, do you know about that '78 season with Butch? '78, Butch is playing third base and he's hitting the hell out of the ball. I think was that the year you had 30, 30 no, homers? '77. I think I hit 18 '78. Okay, so 30 homers in '77, but in '78. And he's just a very good power-hitting third baseman, good fielder, but he had bone chips in his elbow. like And, and Zimmer just kept kept putting him out there over and over. 43 errors, I think, yes. Butch? Yes. Yeah. Four, 43 but errors. But you have to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to get there so early. But, um, you know, I was wondering, I got these two guys sitting here next to each other. I wonder if you know certain things about each other. So I didn't know if you know that your manager was a tough tough dude who kept showing up and playing out there even with the air i don't know how many of those were throwing errors butch with the elbow problem. most of them most of them and 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 yet you just kept going out there and doing it yeah until uh probably we went into toronto and i you know i went to zim to them i'm i'm hurting the team and uh it's not getting any better i knew i was going to have surgery at the end and uh, he actually started dh'ing me some uh you know just to get me off the field, yeah, <laughs> uh, and having to make throws, but uh, that was, you know, they wanted to do surgery, and actually at the All Star break, I was having a, a tremendous year. Like, I think I had 15 home runs and 53 RBIs about two weeks before the All Star break, and we were like 10 games in first place, and they wanted to do surgery. I said, I don't want to do that right now. You know, I think this team's got a chance to. To go to the playoffs, and we ended up in that playoff game with the Yankees. Yeah, oh yeah, he did. Uh, so they end up, Carlos, in a one-game playoff with the Yankees, Red Sox, and Yankees. And at one point at Fenway Park, there was a um, a ball hit out to right field, and it the the left fielder lost it in the sun, and it was about to go by him, and he just kind of reached out his arm real quick and made like a miraculous play to grab that ball. Do you know who that left fielder was? Lou Pinella. It's your manager, Sweet Lou. So it's, right. an, it's another guy you guys have in common, he right? He was in right field. Oh, you know, in right field. Excuse yeah. me, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm and picturing actually, it. he made two of those plays. Did he make two of them he with Lost in the Sun? He made two of them. So you guys have Lou Pinella in common. So, and, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how close you were with Lou, but pretty close. pretty close? Very close, yes. Carlos, what was, it like, what was it like playing for Lou? And as you talk about it, that you know your, your manager knows him pretty well. Well, you know, just like you say, Sweet Lou. Yeah, know? right? <laughs> he was... Uh, very professional and uh um you know when we uh when we got him uh he wasn't that you know uh, crazy with the umpires and uh yeah you know he was more more calm and, and uh um you know he uh he loved his team and uh he always was there for his team and uh, that's that's what as a player that's what uh you're looking for a manager you know yeah the, um you know kind of uh the chemistry and the relationship, uh, the talk, you know, go to uh, from the the office to the uh, clubhouse and say hi and you know just mm-hmm. worry about the players. You know, he was that that kind of man. Yeah, I I think he, you're you're right. It didn't seem like, and I I was doing these kind of jobs when Lou was managing here. It didn't seem like Lou was quite the angry kind of, you know, out of his mind uh, SOB in a, in a loving way, I say, it, that he was in earlier managerial stints. But every once in a while, every once in a while it, it would explode. Did you guys ever talk about um, emotions and, and kind of volatility or just like 
the, the, the stuff that would come out, because you, you've talked about it openly, like how emotionally passionate you were, sometimes volatile as a player. Did you and Lou ever talk about that stuff? No, we, we, we never talk about that, you know. But uh, uh, obviously there's, uh, those are things that we, uh, we learn from. And uh, now in this age, uh, in this uh, er, uh, stage yeah. of my career, you know, those, those are things that we take to, uh, um, you know, uh, teach young kids and mm. uh, um to uh, tell them what not to do and what to do in, in baseball and what, how to be a professional, how to be a uh, compet- competitive uh, without losing your head. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm looking forward to watching you pitch today. But she's going to throw today, right? Yes, going to throw. Yes, sir. couple innings. I, I'm really looking forward. Always loved watching you pitch, Carlos. Always, always, always. And, and some of that was knowing your combustibility or knowing your emotional nature and seeing it um, work manifest in you because it was it was part of what made you great too don't you think I mean like the way I think about ball players and always have is that some st- sometimes the, the same stuff that makes them great might be something that causes them a problem at the same time like we are who we are you know what I mean yeah you know when uh when I did all this uh, when I did uh, all these things you know I didn't do it to show uh uh, not respect for the other team, you know. I always did uh, to pump up myself and to do, you know, to uh, get uh, uh, myself and in, 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 in the game. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I come, you know, uh, too uh, too calm, and I can't be too calm in the mound. You know, I have to as 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 a as a Latino, I have to be, you know, fire up. Uh-huh. And, uh, that that was the way that I. Uh, fire up my my uh, my game, and I remember you know the the all the team used to say you know we got him we got him every time I was you know like crazy on the mound, the all the team uh, I heard them and the, the dugout saying uh, we got him he's out of com- out of control, huh. and sometimes I do it because you know you know to to, to uh, make let them think that I'm I was out of out of my, you know, emotion. Yeah. And I wasn't, you know, I was just in control, but I did stuff that I just want to show them that I, I was not in, in control. You know? Ah, so, that's funny. I never thought about that part of the cat and mouse game, that they're... Yeah, like well, like one game against uh, the Marlins, yeah. you know, uh, Encarnacion and a uh, couple of Latinos guys, you know, were in the, in the dugout and uh, I was kind of like going crazy, you know, for some uh, pitch... And uh, I heard them in Spanish saying, "Ah, we got him, we got him. He's, he's, you know, he's getting crazy. So he's out of his, uh, random out of his mind. And he's gonna start uh-huh. throwing uh, balls." And you know, I kept pitching, and I pitched good that day. Ah, see, there you go. So they think you're crazy, then they start expecting one thing, and then you flip it around on them. That's how you use it to your advantage, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, but so, but you had to get in the lather. It sounds like you had to get in kind of an emotional fervor in order to pitch at your best. Yeah, you know, yes. Uh, I think that's the, I pitch better like that, you know. Uh-huh. Um I uh How, how did you how did you pitch better? Did did, uh, did you throw harder like that? You think? I think so, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know if you did. Cuz yeah. I, I you know, last year in in Venezuela in winter ball, I was throwing from 90 89 to 90 and I was upset for something, you know, something happened and I was upset and then when I um, 
you know, after that, I was throwing 93, 94, huh. you know. So I think, you know, just if I stay in control and, you know, don't uh, open up too soon or mm -hmm. or do something, uh, some uh, arm, uh, drag my arm or something yeah. that can hurt my arm. But if I stay in control and, you know, top the ball and uh, angry but no... Uh, no uh out of control understood understood yeah that's a that's a tricky tricky line to try and draw and uh and live by uh in your career it's hit and run on 670 the score i'm matt spiegel this is carlos zambrano and butch hobson butch is the manager of the chicago dogs how long have you been managing now butch we're talking about 27 28 years something like that or is it yeah, longer than since that 87 since 87 so longer than that so so 32 years um what do you what do you still love about the game? When you when you sit there, or when you're standing there on the top step and you're watching a ball game here, do you do you are there moments where you're like, oh, damn, I love this game, where something cool happens, or you you feel yourself in in the midst of, of you know, something? That, that happens all the time. Good. You know, I, it's um, you know I told my guys the other day, and uh, we had a meeting the other day. We have a meeting every once in a while. I I, I told the guys, you know, I'd give you my jersey. You give me yours for just one more time. And I'm blessed to be able to, to still be in the game. Um, I believe in independent baseball. It's been good for uh, many players to get back to organizations. Um, independent baseball has been around a long time. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's there's more team, more leagues now. And, <clears throat> you know, guys that, that really have that desire and that love, well, number one, the love for the game and the desire to try to get back, no matter how what the age is. Yeah, it's a it's a good thing, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be a part of that. Yeah, it, it keeps happening. Just uh, two days ago, the White Sox had a start from Ross Detweiler, who's a former top ten pick of the Nationals, bounced around to a bunch of teams. He played an independent league ball. Um, I, I think either last year or the year before. I think they plucked him right out of independent league. Rich Hill, your your former teammate with the Cubs, right? Rich Hill ended up uh, with the Long Island Ducks in the Independent League and eventually figured something out and, and got all the way back. And, and Carlos, I think that it, that was the plan. Is that still the plan for you as you're pitching and, 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 and working here? Yeah, it is. It is. I, I want, you know, I want to be a – I mean, I want a chance to pitch uh, in the big leagues one more time. Mm. And uh, I always tell, you know, like Butch say uh, – in other ways, you know, I always tell the players, you know, I wish I can be 22 or 23 again uh -huh. or 27. Like, you know, those all, you know, basically all these uh, young kids that we have in the team, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I tell them to, you know, to create an expectation on, on them and the mm -hmm. faith. That you know they're young, they're, they're 20, 26, 27, That they can, they have more chance to go to, to the big leagues or pick, be, being picked up, picked up mm -hmm. to any team in the big league. So take that for advantage. You know the, the age is is very important. Yeah, and, and then so you're trying to make sure that they play with hope and they live yeah. with, with that hope, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I told them the other day. You know. You're young, you know. You have more chance than, than me. Even if I play in big league, but you have better chance to to get picked up, because mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I told them as a motivate motivation, you know. So for yeah. them, 
You know, it, it's it's interesting because as you're talking about, it, I'm thinking we never got a chance to see the uh, the reliever stage of Carlos Zambrano, <clears throat> big league pitcher. Like, I think at the very end with Marlins and with Phillies, he was still starting, right? Like there was and 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 the idea, the way I've always heard it anyway, is that you know when you're a starting pitcher. Maybe you don't want to throw quite as hard and you want to have, you know, the different mix of pitches and vary it. So the second and third time through the lineup, they're seeing different stuff. That's one thing. But then if you're a reliever, especially these days, just go in rear back and give it all you got. Just empty the tank. Right. And I've never we didn't have a chance to see that version of Carlos Zambrano. Are, are you getting to do that now when you go in a relief? Or are you just going out there and trying to give it 100 percent of what you have for as long as you can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, and uh Right now, I have more control of the strike zone. As a matter of fact, uh, I only have two walks in 14 innings, which is good, you know. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, 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 like you say, you know, I come for one inning or two innings, and uh, I know that that, uh, that is my job to do. And uh, um, as a starting pitcher, you have, you know, a different uh, way or different role to get back to the game and uh, to prepare every for uh, days mm-hmm. as, a, as a reliever you have to prepare every day for the game you don't know what, uh, when uh, you're going to be in the game so you have to prepare you have to be ready every 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 day what do, you, what do you still love about it Carlos when you find yourself you're going out there to the mound and there's some people out there in the stands or it, even if there's not it was like what, what do you what do you find yourself on the mound thinking man this is awesome give, give me a moment that, that pops into your head something you're doing Oh yeah, yeah. You know, especially you know, in this ballpark, uh, a lot of uh, kids come to the ballpark and they, you know, they uh, ask for autograph and uh, pictures and uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, whenever I can, you know, I, I will sign and I will take picture with uh, with uh, uh, the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you know, fans that have to understand that uh, sometimes we can't sign. We can't take picture. Yeah, like in the middle of the game, you know, somebody what we're hitting or the other team is hitting, and uh, we're taking picture. And then as soon as you know, I don't want this happen. And somebody hit a land drive and hit uh, one of us, and oh, man. got uh, we got injured, or me or the fan. So during the game, you know, sometimes we can't sign the autograph or we can uh, take picture. So yeah, um, that's why sometimes I say, you know, let the inning finish, and I will sign. See, but even that, the fact that it's even happening during, during the game, this is, this is a different animal. And, and I've heard nothing but great things from friends who've come here and brought family to come to these, these ball games. Uh, I saw a ton of pictures on, on, on social media of friends of mine who were dressed up as hot dogs that night that everybody dressed up as hot dogs. I don't know if there would have been one big enough for me, but I, I would have tried. But it's like it, it clearly that engagement with the fans is a big part of it. It sounds like you're digging it. But but you enjoy that part of it as well. A big part. Of it. You enjoy that part of it engaging with the fans and like I mean it's, it's I mean, we're we're blessed to be able to do what we do mm-hmm. uh, in this great game and um, the fans here have been absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, building a fan base in this beautiful ballpark. This is really a special place and what Sean Hunter and, and the mayor, Mayor Stevens, have done to um, make this happen. I think is very special for the people of Rosemont and the surrounding areas. So mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, th- I think you I think you kind of start worrying about it when when people stop asking. 
you know. So mm-hmm. we make sure that um, you know you sign that autograph or take that picture, whatever. Six seventy, the score is where you are. It's hit and run on a Sunday morning out here at Impact Field. The Chicago Dogs are playing later on today, and uh, Butch Hobson is the manager. Carlos Zambrano is a pitcher, and everybody knows Carlos Zambrano. I, I, I'm I'm going to enjoy this opportunity to perhaps um, educate Carlos on on the manager. So Butch. His, his dad played football for three years at Alabama as a quarterback, right? His dad was his football coach in high school, if memory serves. And then, do you know Butch played football at Alabama for Bear Bryant for one of the most legendary football coaches of all time? So when Zimmer and other guys talk about Hobson's football mentality, it's because he was a football player. I, have you ever seen video of him playing football? I have not. I, no, no, I have never seen right? it. As a matter of fact, uh, I just find out through you. Right. So, so, so now we know. A man played big-time SEC football before he played big-time SEC baseball, or maybe right around the same time, I suppose. But what was it like playing for, for Papa Bear Bryant? I mean, that's, that's, that's royalty. Well, he was absolutely one of the greatest college football coaches ever. Um, he was a very, very tough individual, um, believed in preparation, probably one of the uh, most intense motivators I've ever been around. I, I remember in, um, we, I, we, we played Nebraska for the national championship in 72. Uh, we got whipped pretty bad. And um, during the summer, quarterbacks went to, went to uh, summer school. And I had gone to a Cincinnati Red tryout camp, and uh, George Zuro and Phil, uh, Phil Noto were, were running. They always ran them. I always went to them. Mm. And, you know, they told me, they said, but you might have a chance in this game, but you need to focus on baseball, not football. Now, I'd had a really good Orange Bowl that, game, that year, and I had made up my mind in August that I was going to um, give up football. Yeah, let's pause there for a second. We're talking about the 1972 Orange Bowl, college football bowl game. It's Alabama versus Nebraska. And you ran the wishbone for Alabama after the starting quarterback was down, and it went really well, right? Yeah, it was. I didn't. I didn't have a shirt, pretty much. We had the tearaways on. I think all I had was a red, crimson little piece around <laughs> around my shoulder pads. But uh, you know, I had decided that maybe you know it was a wishbone. I was not going to the NFL. Uh-huh. Baseball had always been my first love. It really was. But you know, in Alabama, if you don't play football, mama don't feed you. And if your dad, <laughs> if your dad's a coach. If your dad's a coach, it's even more so. I would say. Uh, but I, I told Coach Brown, I said, I want to I want to focus on my on my baseball. And the motivator he was, he was smoking a cigarette and turned around and he looked at me and he said, well, Butch, from what I've seen of your baseball playing, you'll be back playing football for me next year. Oof. So it was really cold in his office, but I got really hot. But that was his way. I didn't realize at the time of motivating me to go out and do it. Was and, it? Yeah, yeah. He came to see me in Boston. Knew what I did every year when I'd go see him. So it was, it was a tremendous honor to be able to to sit here and say that I played for Bear Bryant. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and then you, you killed it for the, for the SEC. Uh, 13 home runs was an SEC record right there at Alabama. So you transitioned to baseball and, and figured it out. Who, um, who, who, was your, who, who was your favorite teammate, Butch? Played with a lot of great ones in a lot of different places, but... Those Boston years. I mean, you came up. Fisk was a rookie in '72. Dwight Evans a rookie in '74. Lynn and 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 Jim Rice were rookies in '75. And then Hobson gets added to the mix. That's a hell of a team. Well, it was a, it was a, a, a tremendous team. And uh, I hit ninth. 
because that's the only place I could hit, but I was happy to do that. <laughs> I mean, I played with some great players. I, Rick Burleson and I were, were pretty tight. I, I think one of my favorite people, that players that uh, I've ever played with, uh, one of my favorites is Louis Tiant. Um, of course, I got to spend uh, two or three years with Crazy Bill Spaceman Lee. It was a group of very, very talented baseball players. Um, and me being able to, um, number one, come up and replace Rico Petroselli, the great Rico Petroselli, who spent you know many hours with me, helping me, oh, that's cool. uh, was was tremendous. Wow, Louis Louis Tian, that that was one of my favorite pitchers, and a, a rare uh, Cuban in baseball uh, in MLB at, at at the time. There's not not many. I mean, there's so many now, Carlos. Uh, whether it's Venezuelans or Dominicans or Puerto Ricans or, and now and now Cubans. But Tiant was was flashy and fun, and he did this crazy crazy wind up thing. It is, it is a really enjoyable, uh, brand of baseball to me anyway these days when it's infused with the passion. Uh, of the Latino community, and I mean, I I love it. I don't know, it, it, Carlos. Like whether it's the World Baseball Classic, where I watched and I kind of got educated in some of the ways of it. But you watching baseball, and I know you watch a lot of baseball. You you see the influence that the passion and the energy and the vitality of of, of Latinos have brought to the game. It, it think, I think it's a good thing for baseball. Yeah, of course. You know, every every uh, um, competition has their uh, value and. Uh, it's fun, you know, either if it's the uh, World Baseball Classic or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the season or whatever. Whatever you go to play baseball, if you play with uh, passion and and uh, discipline and, you know, you're going you to enjoy that uh, that moment uh, in, uh, uh, where you uh, play. The other day, you know, I was, I was talking to Rich uh, Macheri one of the our reliever mm-hmm. and he asked me a question that I didn't know by that time and is uh is it is very impo- very uh, uh it was a question that uh make me thanks be thankful more to God he said he told me hey Carlos do you know how many people has been playing in the big leagues all all time and I say 700,000 people and he said no 20,000 just 20,000 people have ever played in the big has leagues. Ev- has ever played in the big leagues. And you know how many people has played more than 10 years? And I say, no, probably 10,000. Hmm. He say, no, 2,000. Almost 2,000 people has been playing more than 10 years. Wow. So I, I you know, I, I my head went like this down, and I, I just said, you know, thank you, God giving me the opportunity to play in the big leagues in the best uh, baseball of uh, of the world and mm-hmm. uh, to be able to uh, play more than 10 years uh, sometimes we don't know because we're young or whatever we don't know what is what is worth it or what is uh, to play in the big leagues mm-hmm. until you find things like that you know yeah yeah, that, that's that's awesome to get in touch with that gratitude at this point and be able to look back and realize. Because I, I know that a lot of people spent time watching your career thinking, man, Zambrano, if only this or if only that, he could have done this or he could have done that. But I was looking back 
and any time I find myself looking back at the numbers and the run, and you had an unbelievable career, 125 wins with the Cubs alone, 125 and 81 as a Cub. I think 131 is the total of wins. An all-star three times, six times in a row, the opening day starter for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, that's, that, that's a remarkable run. And, and really, Carlos, you crossed those 2003 team and then the 2014, which is a disappointment, but then you're around for 2007 and 2008, so with Dusty and then with Lou and all those runs. You're there for a very large and interesting portion of Chicago Cubs history. You feel, you feel that connection to the franchise still? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, and uh, it was, like I say, it, it was a bless to uh, play for the Cubs and to play ten year, more than 10 years mm-hmm. for the Cubs. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, whatever I did, I, I did it with passion and uh, uh, with uh, the mentality to win, to win for the team, to win for uh, for the championship. And, uh, you know, that was all about, you know, I, I play with passion and uh, – uh, pitch with all I got, and uh, one thing that make me pitch like that it was the crowd. I never ever see a Wrigley Field empty. <laughs> I never ever see so Wrigley Field like all the ballpark that we went, and just ten thousand people, fifteen thousand people. Wrigley Field always was, you know, packed. And uh, we appreciate that, you know. Yeah. Every person that play for for the Cubs have to be appreciate with the organization, with the fans, with because uh, they motivate you. When you see all those forty thousand people every day, it doesn't matter if you you're in the last place. When you see all those people sharing for you and rooting for you, or every fifth day when I when you, when you pitch, that pumps you up and uh, that uh, gets you going. Mm. Uh, motivate, uh, you know, the, the season, the, every game. And uh, I appreciate the Cubs fans. I uh, appreciate the, the front office uh, to bring every year, to bring a, a competitive team to uh, win all those years. You know, it, it's that, that's pretty cool. And I, I got to tell you, in 2016, during that playoff run, especially I remember the night that they beat the Dodgers to get to the World Series for the first time because that was the big deal. At the time, it was like, man, they haven't been. Just just getting back. And then, of course, winning it. You were one of the guys that kept coming up. Like, man, some of these guys who were part of really good teams but never quite got there, this is for them as much as it was for anybody. Did you feel that? Did you feel that run in 2016 personally? Like, as, as a Cub, did you feel a part of that? <clears throat> yeah, I felt that, and I, I enjoyed that. And, you know, and uh, like I say, it's not easy to play 10 years in the big leagues. Yeah. You know, it's not easy to play uh, – not even five years with the same team, you know. So I think it was for all those guys that play like Ferguson Jenkins, uh, Sammy Sosa. Yeah. All those guys that play, you know, long time. Uh, Ryan Dempster played, you know, for a long time for the Cubs. I think eight years, nine years. Uh, Arame Ramirez, all those players that play five or more years with the Cubs. I think they feel, you know, proud of uh, being in an organization that deserve and and uh, do things right um, with the fans, with the players, with uh, uh, you know all the people that are related to baseball, to the Cubs. There we go. All right. So I hope you guys have learned a little bit about each other, as uh, as some of the listeners have. So now you know your manager, 
It's a badass who played with bone chips in his elbow all of 78. Just it didn't, wouldn't ask out. And you know that you've got Lou Pinella in common. And, and make, him, make him throw you a couple balls as, as a quarterback. He says he couldn't throw. says he was more of a wishbone guy. I bet he can still, still, still yeah, throw I, I threw it okay. We just Coach Bryant decided to go to the wishbone that year. And uh, I actually was a strong safety my sophomore year. Um, but I've, some of the guys go out and throw, but I can't throw it anymore. No. I try to throw it. I've got no pressure points on the, uh, my ring finger and my, and my pinky. And... Every time I throw it now, it's a whirly bird. I, blame so I don't Zimmer. even try. I, I blame Zimmer for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and guys, thank you. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank That's Butch Hopson, the manager of the Chicago Dogs. Carlos Zambrano, pitcher for the Chicago Dogs and uh, legendary Cub. It is hit and run out here at Impact Field on 670 The Score. We'll come back, talk about baseball in London and some Lucas Giolito stuff for you at the top of the hour right here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Rookie third baseman Butch Hobson made his presence felt. Given the chance to play regularly, he showed his defensive abilities and power potential with his bat. Butch Hobson, a promising young third baseman. Oh, man, I love that. That is uh, from the, I believe it's from the 1976 Red Sox highlight video as narrated by a young Dick Stockton. Dick Stockton, who did Red Sox play-by-play for a couple years. That's Butch Hobson. I meant to play that for Butch, but we didn't take a break and didn't have a chance to set it up. Um, But thank you to our uh, score luminary and morning show host emeritus, Tom Scher, for sending over some Butch Hobson sound from highlight reels of Dick Stockton. Bottom of the hour right here on 670 The Score is brought to you by Anthony Buick GMC in Gurney. Save over $6,100 on our new 19 GMC Acadia and save over $5,200 on our new 19 Buick Encore. Anthony Buick GMC in Gurney. GMC, we are professional grade. For other details, visit anthonygurney.com. Carlos Zambrano has uh, some self-awareness about the issues that plagued him a bit during his career, what he has learned, and what he's doing now. And also has the perspective of, of gratitude, which is uh, just tremendous to be able to have at this point in his life. It is a hit and run on 670 The Score. Meanwhile, some Cubs news that crossed while we were talking to those guys. Kyle Hendricks will indeed make a start before the All-Star break. So I think they would have liked to have him shut down entirely going into the break. But the injury to Cole Hamels... Uh, means that they have to use folks. And at this point, if Ky- if you can get a start out of Kyle Hendricks, if he's ready to go, rather than getting a start out of Alec Mills or somebody like that as you are scrambling to fill a spot, then that's what you do. Carl Edwards is going to Iowa for a rehab assignment, but the starters for the Pirates series are Adbert Alzali, Kyle Hendricks, Hugh Darvish, and Carlos Quint- or, uh, Jose Quintana. So interesting. 
there will be no Tyler Chatwood start. So Chatwood was going back to the bullpen and was not going to be available until the Pirates series. He will stay in the bullpen. This is the best starting rotation the Cubs could possibly muster right now. Alzelay should start over Chatwood. Hendricks should obviously start over Chatwood. And Hamels is unavailable, and we'll find out for how long. Hamels is going to have an MRI, I know, in the next uh, couple days, if he didn't already, to figure out how long he's going to be out. Hamels has been their best pitcher. That's the thing. Hamels, uh, in 2017, hurt himself on the 26th of April with an injury to his oblique. It's the same area where he was injured but that one was more severe. He tore it. He said he felt like he got shot with that one. Heard on the 26th of April, did not come back and pitch until June 26th. He gave up seven runs in his first start back on June 26, 2017. His first seven starts upon his return, a 4.74 ERA. He, he said the other day that the results were not good when he came back, and he thinks he came back like a week too soon. So, again, that's a more severe injury, but that was two months I'm betting this is at least a month for Hamels because he's going to take it slow. He's going to take it careful. The man is a free agent to be, and the man has been absolutely brilliant. Cole Hamels, over the course of his Cubs career, has made 28 starts, 29 if you count the one-inning job from the other night, and the ERA overall is 2.68 with his 16 starts last year and his 12 and change this year. 2.68. He's been their best starting pitcher. That's why it hurts so deeply uh, that he's going to be out for a while. But good news that Kyle Hendricks can come back. I haven't seen more details than that, but obviously that means that um, the inflammation that they had noticed and the pain that he was feeling there in the shoulder is nothing serious, and that is tremendous news. So you'll get that for Cubs-Pirates, and then we'll see what happens over the weekend. Uh, for uh, Cubs and White Sox. I'm trying to do the math on Lucas Giolito. So if Giolito's going today, that means Giolito should go again. With the weird off days, both clubs have off days. So today is Sunday, right? Hit and run happens on Sunday. Okay, good job, everybody, reading the calendar. Then there's uh, four games after that. So we're looking at Giolito for next Saturday against the Cubs, probably. If not Saturday, it'll be Sunday. And then the All-Star game comes during the week. All-Star game. If Giolito goes Saturday, he could be in line to pitch in the All-Star game. And who knows, maybe start in the All-Star game, depending on how these last two starts go. We'll see. But I do love the fact that his favorite pitcher of all time is Justin Verlander. And that's the guy that he will get a chance to be teammates with for the All-Star game. And that's pretty cool because Lucas Giolito deserves that and a lot more based on his season. Um, my buddy Steve Greenberg does a tremendous job with the, the Saturday Sun-Times sports section, which is just, it's enormous. Have you seen this thing lately? It's, it's a magazine. And uh, I'll hail local journalism as they, as they try to do what they are trying to do over there. And he had tremendous stuff on Giolito. We'll talk about that at the top of the hour because Giolito has been covered more than just about any ball player in this town because the breakout year is just tremendous for this season. But I still learned things about Giolito that I did not know from, uh, from that Sun-Times stuff. So we'll talk to Steve Greenberg about it at the top of the hour. We are here live at Impact Field for the Chicago Dogs game. Today is Family Sunday at 1.05 p.m. My family's coming out. What's your family doing? Come over. Come say hey. Player pregame autographs happening before the game today. 
$3 bottomless popcorn. Yes, please. $3 bottomless soda. Uh, maybe. We'll see what the soda selection is. But, but count me in for the popcorn. <laughs> and then Tuesday, this Tuesday, July 9th at 11.35 a.m., doing a very cool thing, lunch with the dogs, $16 for a ticket, and you get a hot dog and chips and drink. I want a hot dog and a hamburger. You'll get nothing in like Thank you. Uh, but 16 bucks for a ticket to a ball game and a hot dog and chips and a drink. You can't afford not to come. You can't afford not to be here. And then on Wednesday, the 10th of July at 5.05, there's a doubleheader. And that is Bark at the Ballpark. Bring your dog to the game. There's a pet parade between games. Hopefully they cover the field with a tarp, or else there could be a refuse problem, depending on how many scoopers are out there, how many active people. That's your job. You work for the dogs. I assume you're going to have to go out there and do your thing with whatever the dogs leave behind. So get it. All the dog connections here. You catching this stuff? They're pretty crafty with it, with the hot dogs and the barking and the regular dogs and the team and the, and the everything. So this is fun. I'm looking forward to my family showing up here. We'll walk around the ballpark and, ha- and have a good time. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. I want to talk about something I thought was just going to be laughable, which instead has turned into a delight, an absolute delight. We'll talk about that Lucas Giolito stuff for you at the top of the hour, and we take you towards Cubs pregame at 11:35. That's all right here on 670 The Score. Okay. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run. I have a confession to make. When I heard that baseball was going to London, right? I heard they were doing the wacky London thing. I thought to myself, man, that's absurd. That's ridiculous. Why bother? You know, what are you doing here? You're trying to grow the game. Can't you just can't you just relax and let the game be what it is? Why do we need the Brits? Yada yada. And then in watching that thing, that was unbelievably fun yesterday. That it it I, I thought it was ridiculous and adorable how things went on. Because there were hot dogs, there were pims. You realize that that they sent out concessionaires to train the concessionaires at the stadium, at London Stadium, on how to be vendors. Because they don't do this in England. They don't sell beers and hot dogs, or we're not hot dogs, but anything, in the stands. So they had to go and train concessionaires on how to walk through the aisles and and take people's money. Had to convince people, look, it's okay. You can hand a 20 down the line, and then somebody will hand you the peanuts and your change. It will happen like that. Nobody actually believed it was going to happen. And then they scored a ridiculous amount of runs. And then the mascot race took place. And I believe I believe Freddie Mercury won it. I believe Freddie Mercury beat Henry VIII, I am, I am. Uh, and, and, and who else? It was Freddie Mercury beat Henry VIII. Oh, I, I had this. I knew who it was. It was the Queen? No. And it Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster, of course. And Henry VIII. I know it wasn't Shakespeare, and it wasn't the Beatles. They lost out in the contest. But I had Zach Withers looking for audio of the mascot race, and, and we couldn't find it because that's you know it's a radio show. But, uh, boy, I, I think it has really worked. It seemed very, very fun. The game was absurd. The scoring kept coming. And the crowd was drinking and enjoying themselves. It was odd and weird and seemed very fun. 
And uh, and they're doing it again today. There's a game. I think it's going on right now. That's an Espen game. So was there an Espen game as well tonight as they try to take care of uh, the National and uh, and the London? Um, looking here, and the answer is yes. It is Braves and Mets tonight at 6.05 Central. Max Fried and Noah Syndergaard is an awfully good matchup. But I, I must admit that baseball in London has been fun. Uh, fun fact about Max Fried, which you probably know by now, high school teammate of Lucas Giolito. He and Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals, both high school teammates of Lucas Giolito, all three of them, first-round picks, played for the same high school team. And Max Fried has another connection to Giolito, which we'll talk about at the top of the hour when Steve Greenberg joins us from the Sun-Times, because Max Fried recommended something for Giolito to do over the offseason, and he did it. And it is uh, something that Lucas credits as much as anything for his uh, dramatic turnaround, his dramatic comeback this year, his incredible improvement. John Lester and Anthony Disclafani are your pitchers at 12-10 Central Time. You'll hear it right here on the score. That'll be Lester trying to get a series win over the Cincinnati Reds. And Lester was really good. His last time out, Carlos or Jose Quintana, really good. His last time out. Um, so this this could bode well as we head into the break here for the Cubs. We got a big win yesterday, a five nothing margin after Javier Baez's home run, and uh, they end up winning that one. The Baez grand slam, a massive massive moment there. Jake Arrieta pitches today for the Phillies. Another former Cub pitching in Texas, Jesse Chavez has been great as a starting pitcher in Texas. Unbelievable. One earned, one unearned run, excuse me, on five hits, struck out seven in six and a third innings his last time out. Yes, Jesse Chavez. And then later on, it'll be Lucas Giolito and Lewis Thorpe for the Twins. That's at 110 Central Time. Before we take a break, let's talk to Ron on the south side about his White Sox and Lucas Giolito. What do you say, Ron? How are you? Hey, look here, man, baseball is still life, right? <laughs> it, it, it remains life, and independent league baseball is just independent life. There you go. Look here, a couple of things real quick. That piece yesterday was a, a really nice article on uh, Giolito. But you know what, Matt? What he said yeah. was the pitcher that really impressed him the most wasn't Verlander. He was, it was Bob Gibson, and he talked oh, about – Oh, that's right. Yep, and he talked about his dominance, and – and then he wasn't afraid to pitch inside. He mentioned how they lowered um, the mound. But, yeah, that was really, yeah, Bob Gibson. So, um, speaking of um, Giolito, just one quick question before I go. Are we going yes, to see Dylan Cease? That's it. Now, and I'll hang up and listen. Have a good day, man. You're going you're gonna to see Dylan Cease soon. You're going to see Dylan Cease, I believe, uh, July 3rd. One of these games this week uh, coming up, you're going to see Dylan Cease. The way that Rick Hahn talked about it the other day, saying, yeah, this is, uh, this is very much something that is coming soon, and it's time. And there's a Dylan Cease connection to what Lucas Giolito did in his offseason that I'll make sure to bring up in the next, in the next segment. But, yeah, uh, Dylan Cease is coming, and, uh, and then it's going to be a lot more watchable because you'll have another reason to watch a starting pitcher um, other than Ivan Nova or Dylan Covey, or any of these other guys, or the Ross Detweilers of the world. It'll be great to see Dylan Cease. Yeah, I, I love that Giolito loved Bob Gibson. Giolito is a big, tall, lanky man, but he took something from watching Gibson, a video, talk about intimidation and just terror to go along with stuff and smarts and everything else for Gibson. 
All right, we'll talk about Lucas Giolito and the improvement and things that you can still learn about him, and we will continue to give you the latest updates as the Cubs news trickles in as we lead towards Cubs pregame at 11.35. Kyle Hendricks will make a start this week in Pittsburgh. Carl Edwards Jr. going to the minor leagues for a bit of a rehab assignment as we head into the All-Star break. It is hit and run on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel live here at Impact Field. We are being brought to you by the Chicago Dogs, where every day is Fan Appreciation Day. Keep it right here on 670 the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.